Welcome back to Memory Jogger on the Rediscover the 80s podcast. I'm Jason, and he is Wyatt. I am Wyatt. How's everybody doing out there in, uh, well, I'd say Radio Land, but it's not really Radio Land anymore. Uh, web Land. <laughs> web Land, there you go. Yeah. Or pod Land. <laughs> <laughs> we are uh, once again ready to jog our memories and run down a few childhood dreams, as I always say. And uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in who uh, gets our podcast from your favorite app or maybe over there on the Throwback Network. And uh, also all of our YouTube viewers who uh, tune in and watch our recording sessions and get the uh, the unedited version, I'll say, <laughs> on the uh, Rediscover the 80s channel. And uh, we've got a fun show for you tonight, Wyatt. we got a special episode that we're going to do as a part of another... 80s league crossover event and uh this time the subject is 80s commercials and we've essentially narrowed that down to saturday morning commercials we pretty much have although um, a lot of things started hitting me of, of all things today with just the variety um i'm sure that they weren't totally saturday morning commercials but uh I know I've seen them from time to time during the '80s, and uh, just they just flourished me with with everything pounding through my head with with uh, the variety. Yeah, and again, we haven't really done the full research on all the commercials we're going to be talking about tonight. But assuming that toys, cereal, those kind of commercials are going to be during your uh, Saturday morning cartoon block, you know, from uh, I don't know, it's about six in the morning till say about 10 or 11, depending on what year and when, uh, you know, some of the other programs like Pee Wee's Playhouse and Saved by the Bell started to hit that were uh, beyond animation. But yeah, we're going to try to hit those commercials that we believe were played during what we would sit down and watch as uh, part of our Saturday morning. And uh, we're going to include not just the regular, you know, 30-second commercials that we would see we're also going to talk a little bit about the uh the bumpers in between the uh show where you know most every show had these where it was like uh i'm matt tracker and we're gonna get venom we'll be right back and then they right. have on the opposite side of the commercial you'll have uh somebody else say uh miles mayhem here and we're gonna get mask you know and then they'll get back into the show so those little bumpers, we're going to talk about those a little bit, and uh, also going to talk about some PSAs that we remember seeing. And uh, man, they just there's a ton of those as well on all oh, different yes. kinds of topics. So uh, this is going to be pretty fun tonight, and uh, looking forward to uh, getting back to Saturday morning the way it used to be. Exactly. So, well, we've got uh, a few comments here as we like to go into our listener feedback first. Um, all three of these came mainly from our last show where we talked about our early cars and driving experiences. Uh, we had first, uh, Jer Bachman said, uh, Oh man, I think I was right there in the car with you for most of these stories. We must've all done these crazy things in the days before the internet, LOL. So yeah, I guess back in the day before we had the internet to get sucked into, we, Went out in our car and you know cruised the town and cranked up the radio. <laughs> For us, went spotting. <laughs> went spotting. Yeah, we had a lot different uh, 
some of those uh, experiences might have been only around our area, but um, we appreciate that comment. Uh, Brian Roboticist, as he goes by, uh, he also goes by IC Robots. He's got a show on the, the Throwback Network. He said, uh, just listen to this, really dug it. Great work, dudes. So we appreciate that comment, Brian. And then uh, Sean Johnson, he says, uh, listen, yesterday, first car for me was my mother's 1980 Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme with T-tops. Nice. Man, that's Those a nice the, first car. Yeah, that's a very nice first car. I uh, know that's uh, kind of the cousin to the Monte Carlo, so that's an awesome, awesome ride right there. Yeah, those were uh, a lot of custom work done on those, I remember, and, uh, you know, soup those up and would see those at, like, the drag strips and stuff back in the day. So that was a great first car. Um, but, yeah, that's our listener feedback on our last show, and uh, that was a really fun one to do. If you haven't listened to that yet, go back and uh, and check that out on our early cars and uh, all of Wyatt's uh, fleet of cars that he had there for several years. <laughs> uh, fleet. Uh, yeah. Probably is more accurate than not. Yeah. Unfortunately. Right. Um, and then we get into uh, what we'd like to do each time now is uh, a few icebreaker news headlines that uh, we've noticed over the last couple of weeks. And uh, you had one to start Wyatt. Yeah, it's kind of a dual hitter. Um, I was noticing actually yesterday headline that Catherine Hickland, she was best known probably for us Knight Rider fans as Michael Long's long lost love. Uh, I, Stevie Mason. I know there was another M that she, Moody, I think is the other one that they kind of changed her name at one point. But you see her as a blonde girl. In fact, Michael's just about ready to get to marry her, and I think she, she gets shot or something like that in an episode. But, yeah, uh, I do vaguely remember that. But she appeared today, and perhaps maybe yesterday too, at the Las Vegas comic strip, basically the Comic Con of Las Vegas. So she was doing a lot of um, photo ops with, with people there. Mm-hmm. And then just right beside that, I also saw that there was a Knight Rider reboot that's in the works. And somehow this missed me. Maybe we discussed this, but I don't remember. But there's a Knight Rider reboot. The announcement was in January. Yes. And they're bringing the producer. Actually, it's being produced rather by Justin Lin, who is famous for Fast and the Furious. So I don't know how. The, are they going to soup up uh, you know, a Trans Am and make it with a blower and the big, huge <laughs> slicks in the back end? Or are they going to you know, at least have it somewhat right? Or are they going to – I'm, I'm going to paraphrase because I, I, I liked Knight Rider 2008. It took me a little bit to get used to, but I liked it. But others will say that that really ruined Knight Rider. So are they going to ruin it in some people's eyes and make it some funky Mustang that everybody knows is, is, is in existence? Or is it going to be some new concept car? That's my yeah. – um, my kind of wonder, or if they're going to throw it back to the eighties and kind of uh, do like the star Trek trend has been doing. They've been trying to kick it all the way back to before Kirk. And, but yet you have this real modern yeah. sci-fi, you know, almost touch screen appearing a gadgetry. Unlike, you know, Captain Kirk's where it just had switches and led lights and you hoped that it looked halfway yeah. decent with his chair. <laughs> But uh, 
Yeah, I'm just kind of curious what what Knight Rider is going to look like. Yeah, just from what I've heard, and this was early on when they first made this announcement, that they were shooting for some kind of just like YouTube series, just an online series, not broadcast. So I don't know if that's still the plan or what's going on with that. But and again, who knows where they're going to go with it, what kit is going to look like. Uh, it would be fun, kind of like you said, maybe to do somewhat of a prequel and show how Kit came about and maybe take it from there instead of going after you know wherever 2008 left off. Or I don't even know <laughs> if it really had an ending, did it? Uh, it kind of had a cliffhanger, but yeah, that's exactly what it, it hung on to nothing, Yeah, sadly. Well, maybe it's just better they do something fresh and new. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't really, obviously the Justin Lin's got the pedigree for making some awesome action sequences and, and all that with the, all those fast and furious movies and such. But I don't know. I always think of kit as more of a custom car and not any particular model. So yeah, it was the Mustang was okay for me. I, I wouldn't say that it really did anything and all of the uh, iterations of Ford that it transformed into. I want to have a discussion. <laughs> Honestly, I want to do maybe a memory jogger or maybe we can actually spin it off on a rediscover the eighties podcast. I want to have a discussion with you about Knight Rider and all its entities. Uh, not okay. that I've seen team Knight Rider, but I'd like to see it and kind of do a, an episode of where we go kind of, what our take was and try to be as okay as fairly open-minded as possible without going <laughs> uh okay the all suck keep keep the original kit or some kind of <laughs> discussion like that yeah well i i've tried twice now to get through the 2008 show and didn't haven't quite made it to the end uh this last effort i think i got through maybe 12 episodes i like it um, I like it as it goes. It's it's improving, and not only because they start hinting towards the foundation, like they're finding the archives and stuff, and that's what was starting to really draw me in. And then they didn't get picked up. I'm like, are you serious? That they could have actually introduced the real kit? Are you kidding me? <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's definitely another show. <laughs> definitely, because we I know we could both talk about it for. Uh, Days. At least an hour. Yeah. <laughs> at least me. <laughs> uh, the other uh, headline I saw just today, being the Ghostbusters fan and actually collecting uh, some figures and such along the way the last couple of years, the company Diamond Select, uh, who released a wave of figures, I believe just last year or maybe the year before, and they created this nice little diorama of like the rooftop scene. Uh, with Gozer They're coming out with a, another wave of figures, actually five waves of figures for Ghostbusters two. And uh, there's going to be 15 in all. And the first three that's coming out in wave one, which I saw today was Ray in a Santa hat. And I was trying to think, remember exactly in the movie when they got their Santa hats on, it might've been during some montage because I don't remember any extended scene in Ghostbusters 2 with, with like Santa hats on. The other one is uh, Lewis Tully 
in the, the Ghostbusters uniform, like right at the end when he, mm-hmm. you know, shows up to the museum. He's got those earmuffs on, you know. Uh, so that figure looked pretty fun. And then the last one, which I'm kind of excited about, is Vigo. They're going to have a figure of Vigo the Carpathian. So, uh, and they looked really cool. If uh, The story that I saw was over on Nerdist. So if you want to check them out over there. So looking forward to seeing uh, some Ghostbusters 2 figures come out and uh, more of my ever-shrinking wallet uh, <laughs> going by the wayside. <laughs> I'm I try you to, except for practical reasons. <laughs> yeah, right. I try to be selective, and there's really only been a few figures that I've actually pre-ordered that I was really so excited for, you know? <laughs> Right, and I've seen some of these. I think these are the same ones that I've seen over at Toys R Us from Diamond Select, and they're they're really detailed and really nice. But so, to answer your question, mm-hmm. all of them are wearing Santa hats, and it's right there where they're doing the montage because they're all back, and they do the little okay. tiny split yeah. scenes of them carrying that's, the traps, you know, in and out of different. That's places. where I was thinking. That's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah, cool. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> the other another story I saw today that just cracked me up that this is actually going to exist now. This is cool. I like this. I might buy this. <laughs> USAopoly, who is mainly makes custom versions of Monopoly. You know, there's a Ghostbusters Monopoly out there. Uh, they're instead of making Monopoly though, they're making a version of the board game Clue, featuring the Golden Girls. Yes. Uh, I <laughs> I saw the the actual board and it's just a layout of their house, you know, <laughs> with the kitchen and the living room and all that stuff. And each of the uh little pieces that they use, you know, like the murder weapons is like uh Blanche's shoe and Sophia's hat or something. <laughs> it's it's crazy stuff like that, but I don't know, man. This Golden Girls uh I don't know, rejuvenation, I guess you'll say. <laughs> Over the last couple of years, just is cracking me up. They made action figures last year, Funko did. And, you know, now they're on uh, streaming on uh, Hulu. So, I don't know. It's fun, <laughs> I, I think. I just, I got to know if they're going to have lines in it. Like, you know, shut up, Blanche. Or, <laughs> or back in St. Olaf, that kind of stuff. I just got to... <laughs> I, I want to see the lines. I think that's more why I want to buy it is to see what the cards or what, how the game plays yeah. out to see if they come up with things like that. I'm sure they will. It's uh, uh but it's just funny to me how popular they are or have become over the last couple of years. It seems like, uh, you know, people are just going out and those, uh, action figures. I remember those, uh, being announced and they came to, I think it was Toy Fair this year in February. And uh, then they got a short little release to, I think it was Target online. And they were just sold out just like that. And I don't know what they were going for on eBay, something ridiculous. Of course. <laughs> but it was, I don't know. I thought it was funny. Yeah. Um, and then one more headline we'll throw out there. Let's see if you remember this movie, but uh, Netflix is releasing. They, they did a little tease, um, not really a trailer, 
they're uh, this new TV series. It's a prequel to Jim Henson's 1982 film, The Dark Crystal. And I do remember seeing this sometime in the 80s when I was a kid. And it's these huge, uh, like, vulture-like creatures. I can't remember mm -hmm. what the names are. And the little elves, and they have to go on this quest, you know. And, man, those vulture creatures, they just scared the crap out of me as a kid. Didn't really like the movie. Uh, and I went back and watched it oh, maybe, uh, maybe last year or the year before on Netflix. And uh, could appreciate it a little bit more, but... Still, I, I guess I would say not one of my favorites as far as Jim Henson goes. I would rather watch, I guess, Labyrinth or something like that than uh, The Dark Crystal. Maybe one of the Muppet, you know, movies. But <laughs> did you remember seeing this uh, this movie? I, I do, and I remember the vulture scene pretty pretty well. I think they were eating uh, like a grog bowl of food of some sort, and they burp off the table. Uh, what's sad <laughs> is I haven't seen that probably since the '80s. So I, that's the yeah. one scene I do remember. Don't remember much anything else. I, I, I know the vultures did spook me and then, uh, but, you know, obviously I lived through it. Uh, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's kind of neat. I, I like that they're trying to rebirth stuff. And I, another discussion ahead would be a, on Voltron, where they keep rebirthing, rebirthing, rebirthing Voltron, but they can't keep it seem to keep it going although netflix has succeeded they've gotten it to season two whereas voltron 3d and the the i'm trying to think who made it the last one cartoon network or someone made the one in 2011 mm -hmm. and they both only lasted one season so netflix made it to two seasons and they made it to you have the voltron lions now that you can buy so yeah maybe there's I'm tempted. I won't. I won't lie. I'm tempted to get the Voltron lines, the newer ones. But it's hard to give up my old, yeah, my old Voltron. I just started watching season two after finishing up season one. I, it was a pretty long break before I watched like the first five episodes or something, and then finished up season one. And uh, I'm liking it more. That they seem to have a groove. They kind of know you know, where to go, how far to go. They have uh, the backing behind, what is it, DreamWorks Studios mm -hmm. um, that they really need to, I guess, probably make it cost efficient and be able to, you know, go past that first season, which they've done. And I think they've already announced season three they have. this year. So that's good. I'm really excited. Uh, I've, Starting to get the itch like you to pick up some of the toys. I actually was in Walmart yesterday and was down the clearance aisle and found the blazing sword. I'm going to give nice. to my uh, my middle uh, son as a little uh, thank you for getting good grades this year in school for five bucks. Oh, so, sweet! Yeah, it was uh, that was a no brainer, and uh, it. <laughs> kind of extends out. I think there's a little button you hit and it, you know, fully extends. And uh, he even showed it to me one day when we were in the store and we were looking at the Voltron things. Oh, look, there's the sword. So I'm excited to give that to him. Actually kind of <laughs> excited to play with it myself, but of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it is fun that, um, 
Netflix seems to have a niche now with being able to do some of these projects. And um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm definitely going to check this out and see what it's like. Because just from the preview, it didn't really show too much of anything other than the, uh, the I guess you would call it puppeteers or the uh, robotics and animators, you know, messing around with things. And it's just Jim Henson talking and talking about how this was probably his favorite project out of all of the things that he did throughout his career. So uh, go check out that little teaser uh, on YouTube. And uh, I'm, I don't know. I can't remember exactly when it's supposed to hit, but uh, it's fun. I'm glad Netflix is doing this. Yeah. So I guess that leads us on to the actual show. That mm-hmm. is earliest memories of Saturday commercials and uh, like you hinted at, maybe outtakes uh, or mm-hmm. outros and intros rather and PSAs and so forth. But we'll start it off by, uh, since we're targeting Saturday morning, were there any, I'll call it rituals while mm-hmm. watching or maybe maybe setting up for the, the long five, six hour morning? <laughs> well, I do remember getting up fairly early. I don't know. I was more of a, a sleeping kid <laughs> than the uh, one that would, you know, set his alarm and get up at six o'clock and start watching right away. But, uh, you know, I would say I was probably up by seven or eight and just depending on what shows were on and what years, you know, it was, I guess, determined by when I was going to get up. But, uh, I do remember going out. I, you know, the first thing I would get was my cereal and we had those, well, we had Tupperware. My mom sold Tupperware. So I had like Tupperware balls, but I also remember using, we had these like wooden salad balls that I always use for cereal as well. And uh, I go get my bowl of cereal. And then I had this like blue futon chair that you could, you know, lay out and would become a essentially a, a bed. But I would lean it up kind of like this for you YouTube viewers, almost like a like an upside down V or like a you know it's triangle, like a, like a tent. Yes. So I would the the two long you know pieces of the futon. I would do that, and you'd have a little headrest off to the side, and then I'd get a blanket and put over the top of that, uh, mainly to cover up the back of you know the futon. So I was kind of inside a almost like a tent. And I'd have my bowl of cereal and set that up in front of the TV and I was good to go. So that was, <laughs> I guess that was my uh, main ritual that I can remember on Saturday mornings. And I didn't have any brothers and sisters. So it was pretty much a free for all for whatever I wanted to do. As long as uh, mom and dad didn't you know, object to it, but uh, didn't have to fight, you know, with a sibling or something to, to grab the futon and set it up or whatever, you know, I had pretty much free reign of the house. So uh, what about you? Do you remember getting up early? I'm I'm like you. There was no such thing as an alarm, but I did tend to get up. I would say earlier than most people uh, in the house. Mm -hmm. And I would grab my blanket. I was, I was kind of like Linus back in the day. I had my favorite blanket and I toted that for a number of years. And, Funny enough, I still have it in my memorabilia box. So uh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Nonetheless, uh, I, like you, I go down, just grab a bowl of cereal, 
And um, that was one of the few times we were allowed to eat in the living room. My mom was pretty strict about it. We could have popcorn on Friday nights. Uh, if we were watching like Knight Rider or Airwolf, whatever was the Friday night cool show at the time. And then mm-hmm. cereal bowls were allowed as long as we were careful. But I remember just jumping up on the couch and the couch never actually faced the TV. It makes sense. But anyway, the couch didn't. <laughs> but if you laid, you know, lengthwise down it, like you're laying on it, perfect uh, lay back and rest gotcha. on it. So that's what I would do. Gotcha. I'd, I'd uh, wrap myself up as, or cover myself up with my blanket, lean against it, and, you know, chomp on whatever I was eating. And, uh, just Downside is I had no remote control. So if I wanted to change the channel, I had to get up and. Yep. I usually had first rains, first dibs, because I got up early enough. But usually when my sister got up, uh, I had to at least allow her to the opportunity to change the channel. <laughs> I did have to relinquish control, to be fair to her, for certain TV shows. So, like, I think it was Saturday mornings. So, like, My Little Pony, or if uh, She-Ra was on... All the girl shows. She never got into Jim. But um, but My Little Pony, she was big into that. Strawberry Shortcake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think she, she she caught into most everything else. She was pretty, you know, it was pretty equal, fair, fair play. So Looney Tunes were a big thing then. Mm-hmm. Garfield. I can't remember what else we watched. But uh, yeah, just. Setting up like you, setting up uh, mostly for me, just a cozy little place and just chomping on Cocoa Puffs or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was trying to remember some of the shows that uh, I would get up for. I was huge in the Smurfs, and I know the Smurfs was probably one of the longest-running Saturday morning shows throughout the 80s because it started maybe – 81 or 82. And I think it went all the way through like 88 or 89. And yeah. at some point, I think it went to an hour long. So you were getting like, I don't know. I think the Smurfs kind of split their episodes uh, over the half hour shows, if I remember right. So you're getting like four little mini episodes of the Smurfs. And uh, yeah, that was a big one for me for a long time. And then yeah, there's a few more along the way I remember watching. And even in the later 80s, which would have been my you know early teen years, I was still watching like the Gummy Bears and uh, just waiting to get to uh, you know Pee Wee. And like I mentioned uh, earlier there, and maybe it was the pre-show, Pee Wee and Saved by the Bell. I remember in the in the late 80s, you know, those were kind of like the last shows. I'd watch and then head outside. Um, mm-hmm. And those were always like late morning, the, uh, the live action shows. Right. So, yeah. So, Oh man, it was just so much fun too. It, and it was appointment television. Uh, we've talked a little bit about this before, I think on memory jogger, but yep. you just don't have that anymore with streaming at your fingertips. Whenever you want it, you can hit play and, you know, start watching, binge watching. And back then, man, it was like either right after school, you know, those couple hours right before dinner when you got like Transformers and G.I. Joe, or it was Saturday morning when you got like 
five or six hours of it. And that was usually the only time you could uh, just, you know, set your watch to get some cartoons in. Right. Uh, I, like you said, I, I, I do miss that appointment television. However, I, I, I feel like I'm wavering on the fence. I do kind of like the whole, the whole Netflix Hulu where you can just go whenever you want and just play and watch whatever you want at, at your right. fingertips. The downside is I am so not up on whatever is out there right now. So <laughs> uh, my one-year-old right now is huge into Thomas the Train. Uh, it's hilarious watching him. Anything that he sees at Choo Choo, he, he just doot doot. And he's is a magnet. Who? Huh? Huh? <laughs> uh, my five-year-old now, he's just whatever is out there he was just introduced to pokemon and i never watched it it something doesn't make sense to me what little i did watch of it and he's just loving it i'm like dude okay that's your thing sorry <laughs> but uh no it's fun i'm trying to get him into um he's been listening to the theme songs to certain shows like i grew up with so he's been listening to thundercats which i showed him the intro to that and he's like he's really eager to go watch it the show now uh-huh. and uh the 66 batman uh he's eager to go see those <laughs> but i guess that leads us into uh our next topic which is really like our memorable bumpers so do you remember anything like uh for the networks or tv shows or you know the that 80s craze that they were trying to do with like filler sometimes i felt like it was a filler yeah and they um I don't know. It seemed like every show had their own bumper. So, you know, if you're watching the Smurfs, you know, it was just somebody saying, you know, the Smurfs will be right back after these messages. And you get a picture of, you know, just the scene of the Smurfs. So every show had that, but the ones I remember more, I guess, are the ones that kind of didn't have really anything to do with the actual show you're watching, except for maybe uh, the one that I really remember was Saturday Supercade if you remember that show where it was basically a bunch of mini shows tied to video game characters. So they had like, there was a Frogger segment. There was a Qbert segment. There was a pitfall Harry segment. There was a donkey Kong segment and it was all like little, I don't know, seven, eight minute episodes. And uh, in between for the bumpers when they were going to commercial and coming out of commercial, they would have like these little video game scenes and there wasn't, I don't think there was anything really um, that was, it was more generic stuff. So you would see like a little spaceship flying through and going like right into a, a, a screen of a video arcade machine, you know, stuff like that. And uh, I think there was one that was more look like, um, space invaders with all the little characters and Mm -hmm. the font, you know, the font of the, you know, we'll be right back after these messages was like that real boxy eighties video game font, you know, um, like an eight bit font. And uh, those, that one kind of sticks out in my mind for on based on a particular show. But um, there was always uh, like, uh, I guess maybe towards the late eighties, they, they put some kids like in a control room like you would in a TV studio 
And then they were like pushing buttons and, you know, making the little switches go up and down. And, you know, we'll be right back with more Pee Wee's Playhouse. And they would have like multiple little screens in front of them, you know, and you'd see little scenes from Pee Wee's Playhouse. And I don't know, it always made me like want to be a, <laughs> a control room person. And, uh, you know, I'm always a little fidget and gadget kind of person. So getting for them to get in to push all those buttons and stuff. I was like, uh, jealous. <laughs> That's, uh, a couple I remember. Um, you've mentioned before, I think maybe even on this show, or maybe it was over on, uh, mass cast that these bumpers for ABC were some of your favorites. Yeah. Yes. You, you've got it up there on your, that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about right there. Yeah. I'm sorry yeah. Uh, for those watching, especially on YouTube. I just figured out I could do some screen sharing. So uh, audio listeners, you're missing out. You got to really watch this on YouTube now <laughs> <laughs> offline, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, yeah. The one that still sticks out to my right now is uh, ABC. I, I loved me some old Looney Tunes. I, that was probably one thing I couldn't live without. I could probably bypass any other show except Looney Tunes. I loved watching Bugs Bunny and Roadrunner and all that. So uh, ABC had these claymation-type characters, and they would sing at the corny, oh, up so to great. these messages, we'd be right back. And, and uh, you'd see them... Basically, they their heads would roll and switch out on the bodies, which didn't make sense. <laughs> it was corny. Maybe I can find it. Unless it, that's the one that sticks out. I don't remember. I don't remember many many, many other in betweens. The control room that you're talking about mm-hmm. is come up with two things with that. One, we did have our local CBS station, WTAJ had a show called Action News Kids. And it was legit, probably teenagers, but they were doing the exact same stuff, kid-based. But they'd have the the stories, and it'd be, I think, a 30-minute, maybe longer, but at least a 30-minute broadcast of, you know, kids in the news and so forth. So that's what I thought you were talking about. Uh, Okay. Um, There was also a show that I used to watch uh, I remember telling you about uh, some time ago mm-hmm. called Kid Songs. It was kind of, I don't know how, why I got into this. Something drew me in. I guess it was because it was the the songs themselves. But the intro started out just like you were saying. It started out as, it started out like you're they're walking into a studio, like an abandoned mm-hmm. TV station. And they just started broadcasting, and that was the end of it. Uh, I can't seem to find a picture of that right now. But nonetheless, that was what I remember. Maybe that's what you remembered seeing. No, I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to show you because it was it was just mainly bumpers, and I ran across a few back in the days when I was doing a lot of Vine videos, like those little short six second videos. Um, I think Twitter's shut down that application now, but um, I ran across a couple of those bumpers and actually shared them. And I mean, it was just basically, it looked like just threw kids in there and they were trying to make it look kind of professional. And, but it was just for like little five or six second segments to 
intro and outro, whatever show was going on. So, uh, hmm. yeah, it's, um, I, I don't know. It's just funny how you can pick out certain things and remember certain things uh, along the way. Another one I remember, it was mainly from CBS. And I think that actually the control room one was CBS because I remember seeing, uh, like I said, Pee Wee and Garfield and Friends. I think those are all CBS shows. But anyway, CBS did these little bumpers that weren't, there was no like words or there was no like announcement that this was, you know, the we'll be right back or now back to whatever show. But it was like these outer space scenes and they had this real kind of synthesized bassy kind of music in the background and they would uh, show you some little designs and stuff. Uh, I might have to just look some of these up and paste in some of the, uh, <laughs> the, the music and, you know, some of the actual things here. But uh, that was another one that just kind of stuck out in my mind. And, and again, that, that was just from, doing some research there a while back when I was doing those vine videos that I found those and and posted them. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just fun because, you know, Saturday mornings, yeah, you're there to watch the cartoons, but they're still trying to entertain you and get you to go look at, you know, the, the commercials and stuff to keep you. And then coming back to the, yeah. So they're trying to, They're trying to keep you your attention and all these little bumpers in and out of the show are just to keep you there and not switch the channel. Right. Anyway, let's go, I guess, out of the uh, bumpers and maybe go into some of the PSAs that we remember because the, these were rampant and there was some several different ways they did this. There was, like you were saying, I think there were some segments that the network would do and they'd bring in a celebrity um, but there's also just, you know, like 30 second or one minute commercials on everything from nutrition to safety and then drugs. I mean, uh, how many PSAs on drugs can we, we could probably do a whole show on that because it seems like they were uh, doing one of those every break. But uh, yeah. what what are some that stick out in your mind? Well, one of them I'm just putting up now, the old crash test dummies. Oh, yes. You can learn a lot from a dummy. Buckle your seatbelt. <laughs> I think it would have been more comical had they uh, added Christopher Lloyd, you know, I mean, it, the way he says stuff. Yeah, I remember I practice dummies work. quite a bit. I'm trying to think of um, trying to punch up one now just for fun. Yeah, another one here just came to mind is the your brain's on drugs. Uh, this is your brain on drugs. And they use a, a frying egg, sunny side up. Yes. This is- this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. Any, Any questions? questions? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, oh, there were man. so many back then. Um, do you remember any? Yeah, I mean the drug PSAs and what was the other one? Oh, it was the it was the uh, the one with the parent that gets the catches the kid with the pot, and he's like, "Is this yours?" Uh, Where'd you get this? Who who's who gave this to you? Uh, you know, how did you learn how to? I learned it by watching you. Okay, you know, <laughs> it's hokey now, but you know, back then it was still somewhat serious business. And 
you know, then the announcer comes on and he's all serious, you know, parents who do drugs have children who do drugs, you know, is that the one you're talking about right there? Uh, yes, yeah. yes, that's it. <laughs> um, how about like, uh, the mascots, there was some that I remembered along with the crash test dummies, but how about McGruff, the crime dog? Oh, you know, yes. He, uh, <laughs> he was uh, a big staple. And then, uh, Smokey the bear, of course. Yes. Um, Smokey the your bear, fire safety. Gruff. Yeah. They were all big out there. It's pretty, I, I, I guess it's all about the cartoons or something that's going to catch you. Right. Uh, okay, the bear. These guys seem to not die. I still see McGruff periodically in the news. I still see Smokey. Um, obviously, he's plastered up on all. If there's any woods nearby or some kind of state park, he's there. But uh, I still see him surface, yeah. not on commercials anymore. But I see him periodically show up in a like a Facebook post where they pose with the mascot. So it's actually cool that they keep it alive. Uh, just not as popular as it used to be. Right. And then another one that I just remember a lot of, and these were actually fun because they came with songs. And uh, the one that I mainly remember is uh, the lightning bug. There he is. Uh, the lightning bug. Yeah. He, he was always talking about power lines. If power lines are down, don't you hang around, you know, uh, and uh, <laughs> all those safety PSAs that, you know, they would play. And then the health, you know, like nutrition and stuff that they would do. One of them, I, I'm going to try to find him because it was kind of like a cowboy. And uh, one of them, I remember he was talking about cheese. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to find it. Uh <laughs> I gave Jason a new toy. You know, he's got to play with this every yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to. I mean, or... <laughs> there he is. Uh... There he is. <laughs> got a hanker for a hunk of cheese. <laughs> there you go. Oh, my God. Uh, I can't believe I found this, but, yeah, I'm going to share it right now. There's the guy. He, he would sing oh, a little song. Dude. And he, there was also some where he was talking about vegetables and... Stuff like that. Uh, I mean, there, he was just around for a long time. There's the okay. That's a smaller picture, but it's the it's him talking about eating, it, basically eating vegetables as a snack when you come home from school. You know, instead right. of going for the chips and all that stuff. <laughs> that's too cool. That was another one I remember as far as uh, PSAs go. You got any more? Um. Well, I didn't think this was an 80s uh, started or still going, or I think, I guess I didn't know what era this was from, but NBC wanted to grow on. And then, right, they also yeah. had a, then they also had a um, thing, the, th the things you know. I the more you know, yeah. The more you know. Yeah. Those were the two things that they seemed to throw at you periodically. Yeah. The one to grow on was mainly Saturday mornings, and they would take, you know, your celebrity of the day. I remember uh, seeing a few um, Murdoch from the A-Team, Dwight Schultz, he did one, you know, Ricky Schroeder, 
Michael J. Fox, all those, you know, like stars of shows of the time, they would, uh, something would happen or something at the beginning and then they would come on. Hi, I'm Dwight Schultz and this is Wonder Girl on. And you come back from the break and they teach you a little lesson or something. Speaking uh, of, here's Mr. T. There's, yes, there you go. There's old Dwight Schultz. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, those were, and they had a little intro with these kids at the beginning. I do remember that now, seeing these pictures. Uh, and they're Ricky looking at the TV set. There you go. Uh, they had a little kid. He says something like, I want the ball. And then they'd go into the, the actual PSA. But yeah, I'm, well, we could probably keep going on these PSAs because there was so many. <laughs> There's one out there of like Pee Wee Herman. And he's doing a PSA for not smoking crack. And <laughs> there's just some strange ones out there. If you just, I'm the kind of person you go to YouTube, you're looking for something. And that little column on the right just owns me, man. All the, all the recommendations. <laughs> Cause okay. I will go, I will click and click and click. And an hour later, I'm still clicking through those recommendations. Yeah. You know, when I get on a particular topic, but. there's David Hasselhoff. <laughs> I'm scrolling down now. You got me hooked. Um, I got. I better stop. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go into some of the actual commercials now that we remember that we would think would be Saturday mornings, and uh, let's start off with some cereal commercials. Yeah, that was probably the best way to get us kids to go screaming down the cereal aisle when we were going with mom or dad. Uh-huh. The one I still remember classic is Old Life Cereal with Mikey. Look, Mikey, he likes it. <laughs> yes. Uh, he was uh, he was a very famous kid, and he was also the one that um, <laughs> he, he was part of that urban legend, you remember, where the urban legend was he mixed pop rocks with, like, Pepsi or Coke, and he like died. <laughs> I had not heard of that you, one. You've never heard that? No. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you never heard that. <laughs> I don't know where it came from, but I'm I know there's probably a lot of people out here that remember that. But yeah, the, the legend was he died from mixing pop rocks, the candy that you know fizzed in your mouth with soda. And <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where that comes from, but I don't know either. Mikey, yeah, that was classic for uh, for Life Cereal. One that I remember, I'm going to put up on the screen right now since I can, is uh, <laughs> honeycomb, a Honeycomb uh, ad with uh, Andre the Giant. <laughs> and he, the kids are like in this tree house, and he comes up there, I think, looking for Honeycomb. And uh, there's a picture of him. <laughs> That's just weird. Yeah, it's fun. That was one of my favorites from the cereals. Uh, what else you got? I'm trying to look it up right now for you. It seems to be a a periodic thing now. You don't see them very often, and that being the old uh, Frankenberry, Count oh, Chocolate, yeah, Blueberry. I don't. Re- I don't even remember old fruity yummy mummy. 
Uh, for some reason, I don't remember him, but I remember the other three. There's actually another one too. The wolf. Uh, uh, it's uh, the cherry flavor. Uh, Fruit brute. No oh, crap. Fruit brute. Yes, 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 yes. They. I'm. I. The last few years, I've become a connoisseur of monster cereals because <laughs> <laughs> because they. Uh, two. I think it was two years ago they did like throwback boxes. So that looked like the boxes back in the eighties or maybe it was late seventies and um, like the all white. And then they had the character on the front and that's uh, that's what they kind of brought back. And then they also brought back fruit brute and fruity yummy mummy. So you had all five cereals. And then as you were just clicking over there, they did something, I think it was last year, where you could uh, use this app and uh, make the box somewhat come to life. It was like a 3D kind of virtual reality thing. Really? And, uh, Pretty cool. That was really fun. Yeah. Um, I, actually, I actually saved those classic boxes from a couple of years ago. But, yeah, those were great. And do you know who the uh, original voice of Count Chocula was? I do, and we met him. <laughs> right. Um, Trying to remember his name, Larry. Larry Kinney. Larry Kinney, yeah. And that was so odd. And I remember talking with him how, you know, they it's not like uh, when you're watching cartoons, they roll the credits. They don't put the credits on the cereal boxes. Right. Or but the commercials, was, yeah. He was one of the original characters. He was also one of the original characters or the voice rather of old uh, come cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yes. Yes, he was Larry Kinney. For those of you who don't know, he is the voice of lion. O yes. on Thundercats and many other things. Um, yeah, that was pretty cool to meet him. Yeah. So he was a couple different uh, <laughs> serial mascots back in the day. Uh, another pretty big one that I remember watching and enjoying, and as they added marshmallows to it, they did different adventures and stuff, and that was Lucky Charms. Oh, yeah. And, you know, all the kids the kids are trying to find the Lucky Charms, and he's uh, floating away on balloons, and he's <laughs> riding jet skis, and he's doing all kinds of things. Uh, at one point, I think they even, like, did a maze. And the, the maze was actually like on the back of the box, you know, to find the lucky and uh, lucky charms commercials were a pretty big staple there. And then how about fruity pebbles, man, all the Flintstones, uh, there were like mini episodes almost, you know, of uh, Barney trying to steal Fred's pebbles. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Playing back in the day, you know, they're the, the tricks rabbit, you know, they're trying to steal his cereal and, Man, these kids are greedy. <laughs> they were. And then on top of that, I just I just hit me today. Uh-huh. Uh, actually just Oh uh, yes. Cookie Crisp. You know, they'd actually have the cartoon where the the you know the cop is actually chasing the the, yeah. the crook there. Yeah, and they actually put that in with the live action people sometimes as well. I remember that. You know, they did like an actual totally animated commercial, but then there's some point where they actually had live people and then they put the little characters, you know, in the picture kind of Roger Rabbit style. Right. You know? That was that was another good one, Cookie Crisp. Yeah. 
lots of good commercials. Man, you, these are just flooding back. Uh, That's the downside. They're, they're flooding like crazy, and we're like, <laughs> this is not a long enough podcast. <laughs> well, you want to transition from cereal to uh, maybe some toys? Yeah, we better. We're going to be stuck in the toy land. Uh, what toys do you remember, especially the commercials? Because I'm sure the jingles probably had you hooked. Oh, yeah. For me, it was all about the jingles, not necessarily any particular toy brand, but mainly the toy store commercials. So, like, Toys R Us, you know, Toys R Us, I don't want to grow up. I want to be a Toys R Us kid. You know, that whole jingle, I think that you probably used that throughout the entire 1980s. And, you know, that using uh, Jeffrey, the giraffe, in some of those commercials as well. I don't know. Well, and even it, even for us kids, you know, where we lived, we lived an hour away from the closest Toys R Us. So going to Toys R Us, I mean, that was Christmas. Doesn't matter what day that was for us. That was Christmas to us. Because we're like, oh, we're in the mothership of toys. This beats Lightsingers any day. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, did we not have a, a KB Toys in the Dubois Mall? We did. It was like later on, but yes, yeah. we did have KB toys. So that was probably the nearest one. And that was still, you know, 15 or 20 minutes up the road, depending on where you're coming from. But yeah, we never, we didn't have like a dedicated toy store nearby. We had to go to Altoona or state college to get our, uh, our toy fix. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It. I remember there being like uh a Toys R Us commercial where they like open up a door and then this was like Jeffrey's world, you know, where the kids are like frolicking about and there's mushrooms the size of cars, you know, and stuff. <laughs> and it was like this magical place. And uh, <laughs> I don't know what these uh, marketers were smoking back then, but I don't know. There's just like this almost mystical kind of quality about a Toys R Us store. Like, Jeffrey was going to pop up and, hey, come to my magical field with mushrooms taller than cars, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That was a big one for me. Uh, right. What about you? Well, the jingle that's still stuck in my head to this day, it's one of those where you can't get rid of it no matter what you do. That is my oh, buddy. My buddy. Yes. My buddy. My buddy and me. And I'll be dreaming that the rest of the night. Thank you very much. <laughs> and kid sister. Don't forget kid sister. Yeah. Right? Yep. That's That was her. Kid sister, my buddy, and every other one in between. But yeah. It was... Um, I miss um, the Saturday cartoon spots, really. They were fun. Mm -hmm. No matter how much they plague you afterwards. Right, right. Uh, I don't remember having uh, a lot of like those uh, larger size dolls, like uh, My Pet Monster. You remember My Pet Monster? Oh, yeah. Uh, that was another one. I don't remember the, the actual toy commercials, but uh, I had a lot of like stuffed animals and just random animals and stuff like that. Not really one of those brand name ones that they really marketed to kids. But um, anyway, 
yeah, I do remember my buddy quite a bit. And yeah, after my buddy took off, like, you know, Cabbage Patch, <laughs> they had to get the girl one so they could market to the girls too. Mm-hmm. Another one I remember, again, tied to another, to- uh, not necessarily a toy store, but uh, Hills, Hills Department Stores that we had, I believe, in Altoona and State College, which, again, was another hour, you know, 45 hour uh, to drive to get there. Uh, I remember one instance, I'm fairly young, probably seven, eight years old, and we were we were driving to State College to go to Hills, and Hills was a mix of everything. It was like you kind of run of the mill department store back in the day, but around Christmas time, they would do this jingle. Hills is where the toys are, and you know they'd have Santa and they'd have uh, you know displaying all the toys of the season, you know, for Christmas. And I remember singing that jingle all the way to Hills, probably you know. 45 minutes in the car. My mother was ready to murder me by the time we got there. Uh, but that was another one that, and I know I got that from a commercial Hills is where the toys are. You remember that one? I don't remember that specific one. Like, like you said, Hills is where the toys are. I don't remember that. I do remember a lot of Hills commercials and I remember, you know, the Mm -hmm. oval, symbol that it had but i don't remember the um hills is where the toys are oh and they had this creepy oh yeah okay so we gotta i gotta put this one up on the screen they had this creepy little elf that uh (laughs) he was the one that uh introduced all the toys and stuff (laughs) in the commercial (laughs) there he is oh dude i remember him Okay, here's another one. There's the Transformers in the background and Cabbage Patch. So this had to have been like 85, 80, well, right there it is, 86. Wow. <laughs> Creepy little elf. Uh, here's one for G.I. Joe. Look at all those G.I. Joe figures and I know. vehicles. Oh, man. Wish I had a time machine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, that's another one I remember. How about you? What's your next one? I'm trying to get it to pop up right now. Um, one of them happens to be micro machines. Oh yes, and you get to talk to Joe Machida. John Machida, Retrocon. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome to see him uh, in person. But uh, to yeah. watch, you know, the micro machines. Him just rattle off new micro machines, blah, 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 blah. You know, just it was awesome from Loop that it was just, yes, so cool. But the one thing I never liked, I, I, I love the commercials, I did was not a fan of the market machines because they were so freaking small. Uh, I was so afraid <laughs> of losing them, so I never wanted one. <laughs> Um, in fact, the only machine I have is my mom got me back when the Dukes were starting to get popular again, back in the late nineties, early 2000, they came back out with all types of Dukes, like the cars, uh, you could buy the Mm -hmm. car sets and so forth. They had a marker machine. Uh, she found me a marker machine, boss hogs, caddy. And I still yeah, have that baby right. to this day. It's still in the same package too. 
Nice. It out. How about you? Is there yeah, other I, jingles or any commercials? Well, just back to John Machida there real quick. I had to find a, a Mike Machine set to get him to sign when we met him. And the only one I could find was a James Bond set. And he was like, man, I don't remember this one at all. <laughs> but I had him sign it anyway. Because uh, we were, you know, scourging all the tables and stuff at RetroCon to try to find something for him to sign. And uh, he gave us the whole story. It's a pretty unique story. And how he essentially got screwed over towards the end of his run as the micro machines man. And I think he said he even got the ax on like Christmas Eve or something. It was know. Christmas Eve. He, uh, I remember him saying that was the argument basically with his agent, I believe and the agent was arguing with um, the new production or the new promotions people saying, yeah. you know, he's making you these millions. Uh, and he just, I guess they weren't believing it. They didn't want to accept it. Yeah. And no matter what was being said, they couldn't, you know, he couldn't be convinced. So that's, yeah, it was Christmas Eve that he got uh, unfortunately let off. And it wasn't shortly after that. There was basically nothing left of Galoob, at least not biker machines. Right. Right. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm about out as far as, you know, I could go into, several different commercials. There's the, the transformers ones where the kid transforms into a transformer. You remember those? And they have like, uh, they'll give them like the robotic voice and, (laughs) uh, those are pretty memorable. Um, what else do you have? Well, unfortunately I'm trying to find, find it on YouTube. The commercial was probably sticks out because we talked about it somewhat recently ago uh, I know in a discussion mm-hmm. there was a commercial with the kids playing and they're playing with their mask toys mask being mobile armor strike command just in case people are confusing with the uh, the other mask of Jim Carrey anyway so so that it's you know I can't remember the wording you know was that for real or uh, something to that effect anyway there's a red DeLorean and they fake it as being Thunderhawk because it has the gullwing doors. So they have it closing. Got the gullwing doors. Yeah. So they faked it. And I remember them doing that. But nonetheless, yeah, you see the DeLorean uh, transforming. And basically, was that for real? Or, you know, was that our imagination? Or something to that effect. I can't remember how it's worded. I know I sent it to you. At some point, probably a year or two ago, I came across that video and I sent it to you because we were actually in a mass cast discussion about it. And we were talking, I think as an opener, we were talking about the DeLorean somehow. And I said that there was a red model and haphazardly, I came across like uh, the next episode, I came across that specific commercial. So that still mm-hmm. pops in and out of my head, probably because we had that discussion, but um, <laughs> good memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do remember, well, and again, this is uh, <laughs> the way our brains work because we actually wrote a little movie script about Mobile Armor Strike Command. But seeing there it those is. commercials. There it is. I knew I found it. Ha-ha. Okay. So uh, I remember 
seeing those commercials and thinking, okay, is is are these like real vehicles? Uh, the you know they're gonna pop up at your local mall and you can be able to see Thunderhawk and Hurricane and some of these ones that they're showing on these commercials. And right. oh yeah, there it is. So yeah, there's <laughs> the looks, commercial. Looks. It's not. It's, it's a silver one. I actually thought it was a. Sorry, this I thought it was red. a red one all this time. But <laughs> as you're seeing it, you know, I fast forwarded it a couple clicks. There's them yeah. closing up the hatch and it peels off. <laughs> That's crazy. I thought you were talking about the ones that they kind of fudged to look like the real vehicles. Because another commercial I remember with like Hurricane Slingshot and some of those. That yeah, are, I just uh, found them. That shows like the little cannon coming from the windshield and all that stuff. I think that was the one I was just watching. <laughs> but yeah, there's a. They just made it look like they're real vehicles. So. Any of that that translated into real life in these commercials, obviously, were really good. Uh, for yeah, kids. and Jason and I's dream vehicle is to try to make a working, maybe not jet power, but working Thunderhawk kit. Yeah, you know somehow, and we've joked with AKA Junk if if it's feasible to do gullwing doors on a on a Camaro. Right. right. So moving um, on. <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead and move on. <laughs> we can keep going on the toys as well, and maybe we will at some some point. But you uh, wanted to talk a little bit about maybe some other uh, commercials outside of Saturday morning. Well, I don't know if it really was, but this just hit me today, uh, probably in the last, mm-hmm. I would say, two or three hours. Uh, one of them what we hinted about, I think, on our – memory jogger podcasts mm-hmm. where the ram truck is being dropped out of the ceiling that was one of the commercials i do remember seeing to this day yeah and that then, was our vcr episode VHS yeah episode. yeah and then uh, mcdonald's i think this was a saturday morning because you had the fry guys you had grimace you had oh yeah the yeah, yeah. that um, whole yeah that whole cast of characters were awesome yeah and then you know they had that those playgrounds um, oh yeah, yeah. The they incorporated that into everything—the Happy Meals and even Happy Meal toys—and they had little puppets. I remember they were like uh, like a clear plastic bag, and they had uh, the McDonald's characters on there. And they did a great job marketing the kids back in the day. The McNugget Buddies, remember them? I thought they were McNugget Buddies. I couldn't remember, couldn't place them though for some reason. There's the hamburger yeah. right now. Trying to when see they if got I those can... McNuggets and they they added the McNugget Buddies. They did several commercials with them, dipping in the sauce and <laughs> all that stuff. There's the Fry Guys. Yeah. Yep. There's the Fry Guys. There's uh, there's the whole clan right there. There's Grimace. Yeah, uh, I can't remember the bird's name. Birdie. Uh, Birdie. <laughs> yeah, McDonald's did a great job. Oh, there's uh, the the cop. Uh, Mayor McCheese. <laughs> Is that Mayor McCheese? You, I can't you're, remember. You're better at it than I am. I wouldn't even know where to begin with him. <laughs> I don't know. I just look at the picture and these words pop in my head. Oh, there's the cast. Uh, Who the heck is that? I don't know. Sure as heck ain't Ronald. No, and there's some pirate dude. 
<laughs> it's amazing what you'll so, find on Memory Jogger. Yeah, right. What so. are some other ones? Oh, one that popped in my head today. This is wasn't Saturday morning, but uh, the uh, the Wendy's lady. Where's the beef? You know. Yeah. She she was big for uh, a long time for Wendy's, and even now that I think about it, going back to uh, Micro Machines, man, you know all those FedEx commercials that he did. I mean, that was his really probably his first gig, his first uh, time that he was on the. And we you know got to talk about him. He did all those FedEx commercials, you know. Did he? Uh, yeah. Yeah. A lot for FedEx. There's uh, there's there your is. where's the uh, beef. What's her name? Uh, can't remember what her uh, name was. Clara Peller. Clara. Clara. That's right. Yep. Where's the beef was big. What else you got? We'll run through a few here at the end. Um, The Clapper. Clapper. <laughs> clapper. <laughs> that's been a running clapper, gag. Clapper, clapper, Even clapper, to this clapper. day, there's still running gags. I see it. And all I can do is just nothing but laugh when i see yeah the clapper and also uh i've fallen and i can't get up yeah that was a riot especially with people you know changing it over the years you know help i've fallen i can't reach my beer or something to that effect (laughs) right right then um oh what's the other one oh the double mint gum and and uh big red so kiss a little longer Yeah, right. Juicy fruit too, man. They did uh they had people like uh windsurfing and uh even Mentos, the fresh maker. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Those are so cheesy. Oh my gosh. Uh oh another one. Okay, here's another one since we're uh, kind of talking candy for a minute. Gum. Um <laughs> There's just so much good. How about uh, <laughs> Twizzlers did this strange commercial where it's like uh, it's like lips and then the Twizzlers candy and Twizzlers make mouse happy, you know, and <laughs> they get through this whole little spiel. And then there it is. Yep. The that lips. one? Yep. Yes. They would sing and then they would eat the Twizzlers, you know, and oh, my gosh, that was a big <laughs> one. What else you got? One that was kind of fun, and I, I, I loved it with uh, Wayne's World, and that's Duperin, uh, little, yellow, different. <laughs> it was just hilarious, and then they did it. It was just oh, so God, fun. You're giving me a headache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that whole montage of him, yeah, drinking the Pepsi, <laughs> eating the Pizza Hut pizza, uh the pill, yeah. I mean, he just went through that whole thing perfectly. <laughs> That's such a great scene. It is. I forgot about that. <laughs> one, the another one that just came to my mind. How about the uh, probably the uh, beer mascot of the '80s, the ultimate beer mascot of the '80s, Spuds McKenzie. Oh yeah. <laughs> he, he had his own like you know whole like doll and toy line and. He was on T-shirts everywhere, and gosh, man, there he, he is. Just, yeah, or she is actually. Yeah, <laughs> Spuds was a girl. <laughs> oh, they just tortured that poor dog. They brought it back last year at the Super Bowl. 
Oh, they, they did. did a little Spuds McKenzie. It was like the ghost of Spuds McKenzie or something. <laughs> it was crazy. I just saw you scroll over it, but uh, yeah, there were so many uh, commercials, and they you know, they used the uh, lifestyles of rich and famous guy as the announcer, uh, Robin Leach. There's Spuds McKenzie. I can't do uh, English <laughs> accent. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, there's another one. Yeah. Man, they advertised the crap out of they that. They did. You know, I'm, I'm, I just punched it in. I'm like, I have yet to see any of these new boxes. I thought it was like one of those fads <laughs> that when the 80s left, it left. But it's, I guess, uh, still here. Dexatrim. <laughs> you had the spinning uh, pill. Yeah. I, I remember. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They did a lot of – the other thing that kind of hit me – just thinking about this and trying to come up with some notes was all of those like calling mail order stuff. So you had all of those like uh, albums, special albums they would come up with. It's like uh, hot jams or, you know, whatever. And they would, you know, give you a little taste of what's on the album. And then you, you could call in and get the thing. And, uh, but they did that a lot. All those infomercials, for yes. like time life and oh my gosh. Yeah. So, well, I think that <laughs> does it for, for now. <laughs> yeah. I think we'd be here all while if we kept going. Yeah. It's, it's difficult to kind of just take a few here and a few there and not just rabbit trailed <laughs> for the next two hours. Yeah, uh, this was easy to do that. What, yeah. uh, what would, what should our next topic be? I know um, we did a mistake on our last uh, memory jogger. We were still going and going with our thoughts, and we completely spaced what next topic yeah. to actually discuss. So it was good this special topic kind of slid in so we could have a <laughs> an actual time to choose the next one. Um, I don't know. We've been thinking about some uh, – you know, kind of staying back in uh, like high school days and such. And one that I really want to touch on at some point is uh, our beloved Clearfield County Fair, which we would go to each year and we could talk about, uh, you know, the the rides and the games and stuff that we played, the food. We could talk about maybe some of the concerts, other little events and stuff that we watched there. And, uh, just our kind of overall memories of going to the, the Clearfield County fair each year. What are some other ones that are kind of on your mind? Well, the fair has been on my mind lately, I think because of us talking about our, me and my sound system on my truck, going mm-hmm. through the parade and then puddle hopping. It all equates to the, believe it or not, it all equates to the fairgrounds. So yeah, uh, for the listeners, I think that's the best way to go. We have such a laundry list. I don't know where to even start. Well, um, I guess since if that if you're cool with that, then uh, let's roll with that and see what happens uh, <laughs> on the on the next show. Since it's kind of on my mind and kind of coming off our car episode there and what we ended on, I thought that might be a nice segue into all the fun stuff that happened at the fair. Yeah, that's. And we could even throw in uh, Kerwinsville days. Did you go to Kerwinsville days at all? I did. I'll be honest. I wasn't a 
a yearly patron. I know that there's a couple times where we missed it. Yeah. But for the most part, I went to Kerwinsville days and Grampian days. Never um, went to Grampian days. Uh, you weren't missing much. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think Dubois, Dubois might have had a, something, but I don't remember it off the top of my head. Yeah. There, there was always the little carnival that every town seemed to have. But those were the two that I remember in Kerwinsville, obviously growing up there. And then the Kerrville County Fair being probably one of the biggest there in central Pennsylvania, maybe except for uh, maybe like down towards Belfont or State College when they put on, you know, something or even Altoona. But well, for years, uh, maybe I'm getting too far, but for years, the Clearfield County Fair was rated the the top fair, even above the state fair for oh, really? years. Yes, it was a top rate. And then there was like a light switch. They they either changed contracts for the entertainment venues. Um, something snapped. And, man, it, it just plummeted since then. And, hmm. and people to this day, unfortunately, really knock it because the prices just can't, can't yeah. keep, stay down. Uh, so people, well, I do remember. I do remember that after like moving away and coming back for the summer, maybe during college, and being like, "It costs how much to get in?" You know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. Well, let's let's head down that road next time, and uh, we'll talk about our wonderful memories of riding uh, rides that were put up in a day and the uh, the wonderful people that operated them and. <laughs> All that fun stuff. Sounds great. Cool. I guess we'll end on that note. And we want to thank you all for watching us, especially since we uh, learned a new toy. Uh, <laughs> uh, sh screen sharing. And uh, yes, make it more entertaining, at least for the YouTube people. Yeah. Right? A lot. It's a real good push for those that, uh, <laughs> want to uh, expand the horizons on podcasting, listen, watch us now on YouTube. Uh, but no, you know, listen to us as well. Uh, I know some of us can't uh, always watch us while they're driving, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, this has been fun. I love going down memory, memory lane, memory jogger. I know you do too, Jason. Uh, man, it just keeps going and going. Mm -hmm. uh, like the Energizer Bunny. There's another commercial for you. <laughs> and the uh, what was the what was the Australian guy? Uh, oh, get no Energizer! <laughs> Wait. <laughs> nice. Oh yes, good way to end the show. <laughs> yeah. So on that note, I won't. Uh, I won't do like I have been doing. Oh come on! <laughs> I don't have anything prepped. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, let me just quickly plug our uh, our fellow 80s leaguers who are going to be also posting on uh, 80s television commercials mainly. And that's our buddies over at the 80s Reboot podcast. They have a blog up on the southgatemediagroup.com. There's also uh, friends across the pond, Ouija Midget, which is, you can find on WordPress, Killer Kitch. Who's also on WordPress. We've got Return to the 80s, who has a podcast and also a blog, Stuck in the 80s. This is a blog through uh, TampaBay.com. Also, I believe at SIT80s.com. 
And then we've got a couple new people coming on board uh, for this round. OldSchoolEvil.com, which is all about like old school cartoons and uh, the the villains mainly. Very cool site. And then also RetroRamblings.com, another very cool retro site. Uh, very similar to the topics and stuff that we uh, post over on Rediscover the 80s. Also on Twitter at Yesterdayville. So uh, looking forward to their contributions and go check them out. I'll be posting their links when we get our show notes up. So uh, wanted to get that quick plug in there to them and you can kind of continue the conversation over on uh, their podcasts and blogs. So, well, I guess that wraps it up and uh, we'll uh, close it out by saying the price is right when you use your classic concentration to press your luck. So spin the memory wheel as you run down Memory Jogger. This has been a production of the Rediscover the 80s podcast. Visit rediscoverthe80s.com to find our show notes for this episode and others. Join us again next time for the Memory Jogger podcast. Hey!